Hi, this is uh, Jim Barton. I'm here with Reverend Abigail Conley. And this is another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. Um, today we're going to have to talk about the topic du jour, which is um, frat boy Brett Kavanaugh and his apparent ascendancy to this Supreme Court. Uh, we'll post this episode uh, today, uh, which is a Saturday, and I am hoping it will immediately become outdated because either Senator Collins or Senator Flake or somebody, uh, or Senator Machen from uh, West Virginia will grow a spine and actually vote against this dirtbag, but it seems like he won't. So we're going to have to talk about it. Um, I suppose it's probably not a particular surprise about what our feelings are about um, privileged rapist Brett Kavanaugh and his, and his role in the Supreme Court. So one thing we want to start off talking about is the premise that we have, which is that we have to believe women when they talk to us about sexual assault. And I want to say it first because I want to make, you know, uh, make it clear that this isn't a woman's issue, right? I mean, I think that um, we have such a history of this stuff going unreported, and we, have, and we, saw, we saw in the Kavanaugh hearings, the President of the United States is making fun of this woman. Right. The President of the United States is making fun of this woman. So the idea that women are discouraged from talking about it and that it just becomes a part of society that women are expected to tolerate this and not respond to it is gross and as just a first principle we have to stop that we have to believe women. All right. And so with that, the other part that I want to be clear is that men should absolutely be as upset about this as women. Because the expectation and this whole discussion that creates the expectation that of course you would attempt to rape women. Of course you would harass women. That is toxic toward men, too. And this Terrible. is a nice liberal agenda, and I'm, I'm fully aware. That is toxic toward men. I don't care what you are. And if you are a man and you're like, well, yeah, this is just how it works, you have been screwed over by the same system as the woman. That's exa- I mean, that's, I, mean I, I, I want to talk about Kavanaugh, but I, mean, I think that's a really, really good point. Like, you can't have meaningful relationship with a significant other if you accept the idea that women are that devalued right I mean this is my thing about this is why I'm such a and I'm so opposed to seeing marriages that are made up of where there's a power mismatch and where one partner or the other is more powerful to have real relationship which I mean I know there are people who stay single but I mean the greatest thing in my life is my marriage the single that's why I fought so hard for marriage equality is because that is the thing that makes me have a good life instead of a bad life is because I have a good, loving marriage. You don't get that if you see women as property or as animals or as a, a target of conquest. So I agree. It is. It is that sin is as deeply affects men as it does. Well, I don't know if it as much. It affects men. It does, and in the same way that um, there are plenty of men I know who are horrified at the idea that any female partner of a man would be terrified of her spouse. Yeah, that's right. And that actually matters that men have that same horror that what do you mean I could be I could be seen that way. Yeah. That matters. Um, and I think for saying that we believe women, um, many, especially female clergy, have been talking this week about the reality that women were the first ones to proclaim the resurrection and mm-hmm. they were not believed. <laughs> That's true. Either. That's right. So there is a deeply seated patriarchal tendency toward not believing women right. and believing women transforms the world. There you go. All right. Well, 
besides that, what other, we wanted to talk about some other examples of sexual assault in Scripture. Now, first off, we'll be honest. The rape in Scripture is seen as a property crime against the person who has rights to the woman. Right. So if it and particularly in the law, in the actual in the legal law. writing of it, it is seen as a property crime. The two stories that we're going to talk about do not see it as a property Correct. crime. Absolutely. Um, so why don't you start with the rape of Bathsheba? So um, the rape of Bathsheba, David is king. He sees this woman out bathing on her roof, as would be the custom. He says, she's gorgeous. I want her. Has her brought to his palace. He rapes her, sends her back, realizes, oh crap, she might be pregnant, and tries to get her husband to sleep with her. So has him brought back from um, the battles where he's the general Uriah the Hittite. He sleeps outside because you're not supposed to have sex while you're doing battle. And so he is blows it. upright. Right, totally blows it. So David says, all right, send him to the front lines, make sure he gets killed, and then I get to marry her. So, and he does that. She does conceive a child. She does. And how does God feel about David's rape of Bathsheba? So David, um, or God sends a prophet to David. To yeah. call him out, first of all. Yeah. Nathan, right? Nathan. And tells him a story about a sheep. There was a guy with all of these fields of sheep. He wanted the one sheep. He took it. David becomes incensed on this very on-the-nose parable. Right. And Nathan's like, dude, that's you. Right. And he's like, oh, crap. Because he had the one sheep and he stole the one sheep from him. Right. I think David is like ready to like kill the guy or ready yeah. to punish the guy or whatever. He's willing right. to bring wrath. Right. right. And so... As a result, the child that was conceived from rape dies. Yeah. And David is not allowed to build the temple. Yes. Those two things happen as a result of that. There are direct consequences. There are direct consequences for David. Right. Yeah. Now let's talk about the other story that deals with rape. And I will admit that my understanding of this story is um, influenced by the Oprah Book Club book, The Red Tent, okay. which tells the story of Dinah mm-hmm. and envisions it, reimagines it as um, she was actually in love with the guy from the other town whose name I forget right now. But anyway, the biblical story, not in the Oprah Book Club, is that she is out, um, whatever, at a well. This guy uh, from a nearby town sees Dinah, by the way, is one of the named daughters of, of Jacob. Mm-hmm. So um, this guy um, rapes her, and Jacob says, well, since you raped her, now you've got to marry her. That's the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, he agrees. He's her into her. Her brothers, though, are super pissed. Very upset. This is, this is to note, because it's all part of this, this whole concoction or scheme. They're like, oh, you know, we're really angry. You dishonored our sister. So, yeah, you have to get married. But, and you have to get circumcised. Right, because in order to marry into our family, everybody has to get circumcised. So foolishly, the entire village or whatever town gets circumcised. Presumably with sharpened rocks. As adult, that's a good point. That's a good point. And um, while they're still healing from the circumcision, Dinah's brothers go and literally kill everyone. Yep. Um Interestingly, at the end of his life, when uh, Jacob, now Israel, is giving uh, blessings and curses, he give he actually curses uh, the brothers who participated in the murder mm-hmm. for it. So, so I don't know what that story teaches us about sexual assault, 
it certainly suggests that it's more than just a property crime. They weren't just happy with it. It certainly suggests there were consequences for everyone. In that case, the rapist uh, got circumcised and then was killed. Right. The guy who did the killing was then cursed by his father. Although P.S. Judah was involved, and Judah gets to be in the line of David and the line, and therefore Jesus. So it's a mess. Yeah. Anyway, the Bible treats so that so there is that, and I think the other thing we should point out too is that Jesus talked about lust. Mm-hmm. And, and against lust. So this kind of conduct that we saw from Brett Kavanaugh that I think has been unquestionably established. I, yeah. So yeah, let's yeah. go back to the Jesus thing for just a minute because yeah. Jesus actually, the violence that Jesus suggests are, are self-inflicted over lust. It is better to cut off your hand. Mm. It is better to gouge out your eyes than to look at someone with lust. Right. That's what we're talking about. It is better to harm yourself than to turn that lust into harming someone else. Right. Right. True. So now we have, fast forward to the Kavanaugh confirmation, where we have this guy who is a liar and is in, you know engaged in perjury on in front of the Congress. Just disgusting. And But the other thing we see from him is this anger that he's being questioned. And frankly, that is another sin committed by Kavanaugh and his supporters, is this idea of privilege. And what we see is that white men feeling so privileged that they are actually, not only does he feel like he shouldn't be held accountable for what he did to this woman when she was 15 years old, but he also is literally angry, has the hubris to literally be angry that he's being questioned. Um, And so... Um, the white men like Lindsey Graham come to his defense and throw a fit and say, how dare you question our rape culture? And it looks like this guy now gets to be, not only is he not going to be prosecuted for it, he's actually going to be on the United States Supreme Court. Um, wow. So what do we do about it? So this is where we, we come to problems because, um, I end up on the line of, like, let's just violently overthrow the government, which I don't actually think is a good idea. Let me just say that clearly. Right. But I don't know what to do For with the purpose system of that the is so broken. For the secret service that might be listening to the Bloody Mary Bible Right. Bunch. I did not We're not literally violently. advocating violent overthrow of the government. Right. It is on the list. feels like it has <laughs> to be considered. Right. But, I mean, well, in all seriousness, there is just intense, intense despair about this. Because what we see is... We see, I mean, what do you say, vote? Instead right. of violence, vote. Yeah, but we did vote. We did vote. We did. Also, we elected Barack Obama president, and Barack Obama should have had a justice. Right. And we should have a five-vote majority on the court right now. Mm-hmm. But we don't, because the opposition, because the enemy is willing to do anything to maintain the patriarchy and to maintain white supremacy. Right. They, they will literally do anything. And so, for ten months, we didn't fill a seat. Including continue to break a broken system because that's what gerrymandering is about that's what voter suppression is about that's where we will make sure the systems that are supposed to work the systems that we're told will right these wrongs continue to just be more and more broken correct and so then the next thing i had as voice is raise our voice is to continue to raise our voice and to work not just to vote it on November, but to raise our voice when we see injustice. Um, and unfortunately, some patience is involved here. Yeah. And it sucks, because I don't mean patience like just be patient and let it fix itself. Because I don't believe that um, the rapture's coming, and I don't really believe that a pale horse is going to come riding, riding you know, and is going to 
take care of it. I, I do watch, I do enjoy fiction that does mm-hmm. that from time to time, I'll admit to you. Um, the idea of some vengeance-minded angel who's just sort of comes through and cleans it all up, I kind of like, particularly at times like this. Um, but my point is that that's not going to happen. Um, we will continue to vote. We need to vote because that's the way we can get change eventually. And in the meantime, we just have to recognize that we might be the ones who sow, but we're not the ones that reap. And my problem with saying have patience is that that has often been what has been said by the oppressor to the oppressed. Absolutely. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't ask for too much yet. You know, white women, we get to vote. It's too much to ask that women of color could vote too. Right. I mean, well, and in fact, the white women said right now uh, black men can vote and white women can't vote. So how, how's that fair? Right. Yeah. That's some ugliness. Yeah. And, and I think people were born and died in exile. Right. That's the message. So when I say patience, of course, I'm not saying be, don't do anything. Be, be right. patient. I'm saying do something. Find a way to not be discouraged when it may be that you don't get there. Right. You may not. You, you may not be you may be in the generation that spends 40 years in the desert right. and, and doesn't see the promised land. And this is where for all of my not trusting that the systems will work, not trusting that the broken systems we have can be overhauled. I show up and vote because a hundred years ago I did not have the right to vote. Yeah. And so that work at least for the women who fought for that means that I show up and do something. And I think you know we ask the same thing of you know um, you know, uh, black and Latino voters that are seeing themselves, uh, people who look like them being literally killed by the police mm-hmm. in a higher proportion, who are seeing them being n- blocked from voting over and over and over again. We're seeing being targeted by enforcement. And, and we're asking those people, hey, we know that you've been voting and it's not working, but we need you to stay in the fight. And I have to tell you, I understand the despair and I understand why they would but that not is how it. Joe Arpaio is not sheriff. That is exactly how he's not sheriff, is because they stayed with it. Yeah. Is because they stayed with it, and even though after he got elected over and over and over again, eventually they won. Yeah, and, and Paul Pinzone yeah. won, not because he's Paul Pinzone, because he's not Joe Arpaio. That, that's true. And I mean, I, I, I think even with whatever I think about him, it's like, no, there was intentional work in the Latino communities to say not not Joe and that's a community that has not seen government performing for them. Mm-hmm. So there's so much that's broken, mm-hmm. um, and it is super, super hard to keep hope. But I think that's the only way to do it. And because I don't think violent overthrow honestly works. Right. That's and how you get serious. It's no, it's no joke. Yeah. That it, you it and is, I have both thought about it. Yeah. And it doesn't work. No, it is. All it right. is decades of terrible. Yes. First. So. All right, well, there you go. Bloody Mary Bible Brunch, officially not for violent overthrow of the government. Maybe for voting. So far, very, very strongly in favor of voting. Strongly for voting. (laughs) Strongly for voting. So, all right, well, I think that'll do it for now. Um, Until next time, uh, cheers. Cheers.